This is the most important market update of the year. By watching this episode to the end, you're going to be able to understand how to dominate the market moving forward. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we have a very important market update. There is a ton of information to digest here. We just had Jerome Powell come out and speak. The Fed is at it every day, it seems. We have the stock market crashing. We have crypto kind of holding its own at the moment. There's a lot of information here to digest. We're going to deep dive into everything that's going on so you guys can understand and make sense of how to move forward in this market. Yeah, so we're at a very pivotal time in the markets right now. You know, it seems like every month, almost every week, the Fed is coming out. They're announcing, you know, different interest rate hikes. There's the CPI numbers, inflation numbers that are coming out. There's so much information floating around. And at the end of the day, the Fed is driving the direction of both the stock and crypto markets. And what's happened recently is maybe inflation's not coming down as quickly as they thought. And from what uh, Jerome Powell, who's in the background here, said what, last week, interest rates are going to be hiked for a very long time. So what does that mean for the market? Yeah, well, it's interesting, eh? Because <laughs> there's a lot of experts out there who are kind of criticizing Jerome and the way he's handling it. It's like using old data to kind of make new decisions moving forward. And what I'm looking at here is, so basically here's what's happening. They were trying to bring inflation down to 2% by 2023. The reason the market sold off so heavily last week during his speech is because they've now moved that inflation target two years to 2025. Yeah. On average, once inflation gets above 5%, it typically takes 10 years to bring it back down to 2%. So if they're going to continue using inflation as their target, the market's going to have to... <laughs> either at some point eliminate this this thought process of, all right, we're just not going to get 2% and fear is eliminated, or the Fed's going to have to maybe increase their interest rate hikes a lot faster. If they could print trillions, they printed uh, like $5 trillion at the start of COVID. If they can put that much money into circulation, what they really need to be doing is taking that money out just as fast. I mean, these 75 basis point hikes are kind of small, it might not be enough, right? I think that's what a lot of people are fearing is that they can, they're continually kicking the can down the road. And, you know, we love to do that as humans, just not address problems. We, you know, we'll deal with it later, 75 basis points. But a lot of people were calling for 100 basis points and it didn't come. And I think what the contrarian view of that was, if they show the ability to do 100 basis points, it shows they're actually fighting inflation, right? But he showed that, that dot plot that came up during his speech and it showed what you just said that expect high interest rates until 2025. Mm. And what do high interest rates do to the market that makes it, you know, a tighter environment? You know, it, it affects so many different things, right? Yeah, so I mean, we're seeing the the US dollar is now increasing. So as interest rates climb, there's money moving in from other So we're seeing the the pound sell off. Um 
the Japanese currency, what, what are they using? The, the yen? The yen? Or, yeah. That's selling off. The reason there's a bunch of money now pouring into the DXY, uh, sorry, into the USD, mm-hmm. which is con- causing the DXY to spike. <clears throat> so what's happening there is the now the US dollar is seen as like a, a better investment for other current, for outside investors. But that's causing the stock market to crash because when the US dollar rises, it's really hard for companies in the US to export their goods because it's so expensive. Right. So that's causing a lot of these stocks have to sell off as well. So <laughs> it's a mixed bag of tricks that's really going on at the moment. And and it's it's kind of crazy because as dire as things are currently in the North American markets, US specifically, things are worse all around the world. Japan is in an economic crisis. You can see what's going on in England and in Europe. In China, even there's an economic crisis. So that's another reason why governments are selling their currencies, which are devaluing at a much quicker pace than the United States dollar. And they're buying up the American dollar because it's it's the best of the worst. Right. You know what I mean? Like everyone's in a dumpster fire right now, but the U.S. is at the top of the fire. So that's just, and you know, when you talk about interest rates continuing to be hiked for a prolonged period, that makes it less likely that businesses are going to take out loans and grow their businesses, hire new people. Uh, it affects mortgage rates, real estate. We'll get into all that stuff. So it has a, a blanket effect of dampening the economy, which is exactly what Powell wants to do. Yeah, when when now when rates are at 7% or 8% from an interest rate perspective and you take out a $100,000 loan, you now owe back $7,000 on that $100,000 loan versus a year or so ago when they were sitting at 1 or 2% when if you took it a 100 grand, you only owe back a thousand. So this is causing companies to almost refrain from their spending habits a bit they need to be a little bit more calculated because you don't want to be taking out the loans if when people's mortgage rates are climbing and now or uh their the rent's going up or what they're paying at the pump or the for the food because that's what the fed's trying to do they're trying to stop people from spending so you don't want to be a company taking on a loan to try to grow your business when everybody else is getting hammered so how are they going to spend money on your business yeah it's, it's not a good situation on a lot of fronts. And we will get into how, how to play this in the markets, both in the crypto and stock market um, later in the episode. But it's important to paint the picture yeah. of what's going on. So, you know, we don't want to just call out names and say, buy this, buy this. We want you to really get an understanding of the market so that, you know, going forward, you can make your own decisions and it just to be more educated, right? So one of the key things that people were focusing on after the, the Jay Powell speech was that he was frequently referencing the 70s period of inflation and how they may have pivoted a little bit too early, which led to a prolonged period of inflation, which is bad for everyone. And a lot of people were thinking maybe the Fed was going to pivot, but that was one of the things he was pretty pretty firm on in his last speech was that there will be no Fed pivot for now. He was saying like years of tightening, years of bringing inflation down. So no pivot. And I think that was, that's another reason why the markets are selling off. Mind you, we, we can still see bear market rallies and we might be on the precipice of another one right here, but you still have to, you know, just understand that we are in a long-term bear market here um, and it's not going to end next month. Even if the stock market and Bitcoin rally 20% next month, we're still in a bear market, right? Yeah. And we're going to see a number of relief rallies within this bear market, right? Because you can make money on both sides of the coin. You don't just make, people don't just make money when stocks go up. There's a lot of people who can short the market and they can make money when stocks and crypto go down. 
So the June relief rally that we all saw, saw a 20% increase in prices across stocks. That was the first time the NASDAQ saw, uh, saw this during this bear market. During the 2000-2001 uh, bear market, the NASDAQ saw seven of these. So we just saw our first one. This means there's going to be more. Um, but each time, this is what's important. Each time you saw a relief rally, the market found a new bottom. So what did we go from? We went from like 3,900 up to 4,200. We're now back to 3,600. Right. So what we could, this is uh, speaking to the spy. Yep. So we go from the 3,600, we could go back up to like 3,900, which will be like a 20% increase again, but it'll go down to like 3,400. Yeah. It's like a ball bouncing down the stairs. Exactly. That's definitely where we're at right now. I mean, you know, to put it simply, long term, and this is something that people kind of struggled with and many people got wrecked in 2020 and 2021, is you don't want to fight the Fed. Mm. And the Fed was quantitative easing. They were printing tons of money, but yet people were still shorting the market after COVID saying, oh no, we got this big crash coming up, big crash coming up. And every time you hear Peter Schiff, he's calling for the bottom. Meanwhile, the markets are absolutely ripping. But now the Fed is tightening. They're taking money out of the markets. Mm -hmm. So by being long-term bullish in this environment, you are fighting the Fed. Because what Jerome Powell said is they don't want to see these growth tech stocks, you know, he's not talking about crypto, but that it's looped into, it's grouped into that basket. Right. If you're seeing rallies in these growth tech stocks and the economy, they don't want to see that. So they are going to actively tighten even more. So we will see these bear market rallies, but just know that in a rally, you're going against the Fed. And that might work in the short term, but in the long term, you will get wrecked. Yeah. So I, what, what I think people are doing now, and just based off of my observations, you know, analyzing the market every single day, is that individuals out there don't know where to put their money. You have huge hedge funds who are down down and out. You have, I think there was something like 20% of investment accounts were closed this year. So you also see retail kind of leaving the space as well. The people who are still in the game, the, the people who are watching and listening to this episode, it's tough to find where to put that money. So what I really think is happening is now picking the best projects, the best altcoins, the best stock companies are actually the places where you want to be. And the previous episode we made on Quant, for example, the reason why I think that's up 140% over the past you know, four months or so, and it's still staying at a really high level, it's just up 15% the other day, is because that one possesses excellent tokenomics, a really good team, proprietary technology, a really strong community, utility, all these things. So... When there's, you don't want, people are not going to be pouring their money into, you know, a project that still has 90% of their tokens to be distributed. That's why those ones aren't going up. They're looking for the best available play. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's all about finding the best projects, the best crypto projects, solid companies in the stock market. You know, we did, we've done multiple episodes about recession proof stocks, you know, food crisis stocks, all of these companies. And, And then going back to interest rates again. The reason why growth tech companies, say like an early stage tech company that isn't turning a profit, they rely on borrowing money to fund their business if they're not turning profit, if they're pre-revenue or early stage. But if interest rates and borrowing is higher, then they can't grow nearly as fast because they, you know, the borrowing of the money is going to affect their bottom line much more than it would have when rates were at zero two years ago, right? Mm. So that's why growth tech stocks are, will just continue to be hammered. They might rally more than most in these bear market rallies because they're so bottomed. But you just have to know that you really should be parking your money in these solid, you know, 
Look at these consumer staples, um, metals, commodities, right? These are the, the companies that we've been preaching about for, for months now. You know, food stocks, all that kind of stuff. Things that people need in a recession that also don't rely on borrowing money to fund their bottom line because they're already established and profitable. That's the stocks that you should be looking at during a recession. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, eh? Because you bring this up and this is where my, I start to think about, you know, where is the bottom on this one, right? And I saw something... It was like uh, the subprime borrowers are now starting to miss their repay. Their, they're not repaying back their loans. So when you have people, ma- I think the credit card, um, people who are in debt is like the highest it's ever been. I did see that the other day. Some, they compared it to the last uh, 2008 and it was like twice as high credit. Yeah, the credit card debt, it's like, it's like 16 trillion. It's some, some sort of really high number. So consumer debt is at 16 trillion. So Americans taking on credit card debt is at a record pace right now. So when you have these low-end borrowers who start to default on their payments, who, what does that mean for the company who's issuing the debt to these people? And then don't they have people to answer to? So it's like a deck. It's a house of cards. It's like the butterfly effect. Man. So if these people stop making their, their payments and then all of a sudden Visa can't make their payments back to wherever they're getting the money from, like... It's scary. It's, simil- <laughs> it's scary. It's similar to what we saw in the crypto crash of June, mm-hmm. right? There was a couple of, there was first, there was Terra right. Luna going down and then three arrows capital and Celsius. And there was, you know, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And now this company can't repay that company That's because it. they're defaulted. And then it's the dominoes or the deck of cards, it all falls. So we will see that in probably a bit of a different way across the stock market, which has a much wider reach than the crypto market. Yeah. And, you know, the real estate market is involved in well, and we are going to do a standalone episode all about the real estate market and what we think about that. So if you're watching this one, stay tuned for that episode. Um, but it's just, there's so many markets that are going to be affected by this potential domino effect. And Jerome Powell, even, he specifically talked about the real estate market, right? He said 20% correction. Yeah, he said like, we're, I don't know if people are listening or not, but like he literally said, we're going to crush yeah. the housing market. Yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> It's, you know, there's, I, I feel like people are sometimes they so, they're so blindly bullish. They just want things to go up and they, they kind of just glaze over like, oh no, no, you know, it's only 75 basis points. We're going to the moon. It's like, yeah. well, listen to what he's saying and look back at what's happened in history. And I think that's why it's important that we talk about this stuff so frequently, like we have been doing on this show. Like, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm trying to figure out like when the bottom is and I don't know if it's possible, but like the average U.S. stock is down 28% right now. I think typically it gets to around, it gets, it gets down to 36% before it's bottomed. The VIX historically always touches at least 45. It's only at 30 right now. So the VIX still needs a spike. So we've only seen one relief rally. There needs to be seven typically. So there's a lot of things that are still happening right now where I don't think we're anywhere near bottom. But there are going to be some relief rallies in place. One interesting thing that I did see, and again, there's like the black swan events. What's the opposite of that? What's like a really good, what's is like a white swan event? Yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe a white <laughs> you know, swan? Like what's the one thing? That, yeah, so a catalyst that's unexpected. So for example, China state banks have just been ordered to start buying stocks to c- contain selling. I saw that. So what happens if that starts to work? Are those stocks going to start going back up? Well, that'd be a way of the Fed without pivoting. Is that going to be something that they will order the U.S. banks to do? Yeah, I'm not sure if the 
the Chinese government's a bit more. I know, I understand, than, but so. I'm wondering. In terms of white swans, I, or white swan, we'll just call it a white swan yeah. for, for the episode purpose. Um, <laughs> you know, Russia ending the war in Ukraine, Russia pulling out, or you know, Putin dying, mm. and Russia pulling out of the war. I feel like that would send stocks and crypto to the moon. Mm. Temporarily, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We well, still need a net inflow of money to come from somewhere. There's a lot of sideline money. Yeah. There is a lot of sideline money right now. Um, but I think, you know, like we've talked about, we are now sitting end of September here. Uh, typically, you do see a midterm rally. We are in a midterm election year. So uh, based on that 100 years of data, I think we could see a, it seems like a, a time that a bear market rally could start right now because you have to remember, we just saw another decline and the maximum, the most amount of shorts have been opened by retailers ever right now. So that means if the market goes down right now, retail wins. And let me tell you, retail does not win. <laughs> retail gets fucking wrecked every time. Yeah. So the bear market rallies start when everyone goes short. Yeah. And then it's a short squeeze that starts the rally. So, and it, the timing is right, you know, like coming into October through the end of the year, we could see another rally, no guarantees. But then when, when does the VIX spike and it really crashes is when people start to think that, oh, maybe this isn't a bear market rally. Maybe this is the start of a new bull market yeah. and then money comes flying in. You see like a final peak and then the hammer comes down. <laughs> so it's, you know, you can't time the market, but it's just, you have to be aware of these things. So where do I think the bottom is probably not going to be until, you know, next year, maybe mid to late next year mm. when the world really is feeling the pinch. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're, we're just getting started here. People are thinking, oh, you know, the worst is over. It's not. I sent you some stat the other day. It was um, medium home, median home prices. So in September of 2020, median home prices, 337,000, 30 year mortgage rates at 2.8%. Total paid over the 30 year period was 500 grand. Mm. Now the median home price is only up 100 grand. The 30-year mortgage rate is now at 7%, or sorry, 6.5. The total paid over the 30-year 30, 30 period has doubled. So on a, a house that's only worth an extra 100 grand, you now owe 500 grand versus... Mm. So what does that mean for people who own houses? Where are they going to come up with an extra half a million dollars to cover their... Their payments. Yes, yeah, that's that's difficult. <laughs> it's not going to happen overnight. No. That's for sure. So to your point about seeing a bottom, yeah, it, we may be looking at something like late next year or yeah. early even 2024 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's why we always, we look at how these bear markets and rallies and stuff have gone in, the, in, in history so that it can give us some clues. You know, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. Mm. So we're looking at what, what happened in bear markets previous you know, the, the economy is never in the same th the same exact shape and maybe the, the level of inflation and tightening is not the same, but there's parallels that can be drawn. So I think that's why it's important for us to keep looking at these things. But as you said, uh, I think it was, uh, what, uh, seven, on average, seven bear market rallies, 20%, uh, 25%. It might not be as much this time because right. the Fed is so aggressively acting against that. Exactly. And if they see that, going back to what I was saying, you're fighting the Fed. Mm -hmm. So if the market's rallying and people are, going all in on shit coins again while the fed's like no that's not what we want 125 basis points yeah. you know what i mean so you just have to remember you are fighting the fed if you are looking for extended rallies however the market can act irrational for longer than you can say uh like a yeah i don't know above water in your portfolio yeah. there's, a, there's a word i'm looking for <laughs> but i can't remember yeah. but the market can act act rational for sure 
I think the Fed has shown that maybe they're kicking the can down the road, which could prolong this a little bit more into mm. 2024. Um, but so, so basically, you know, how do we play this? How are you playing this? What do you think? What do you think people should be doing right now? Well, we're in Canada, which is great for us because if you can somehow obtain U.S. dollars, if you can somehow obtain U.S. dollars, you can then convert it into your own currency. And so, holding stable coins, yeah, or USD is actually great. Like, I don't know. Everybody's knocking inflation. Your dollar's only worth so much, but. Man, what a time to be in another country and own U.S. dollars and then convert it into your own currency. Think about being in um, the U.K. right now. You saw what just happened with the pound. Yeah. It, you know, got cr- crushed. Yeah. You know, you just it, people that are earning American dollars all over the world right now are loving it because the American dollar is going to the moon. That's what I mean. And everyone else's currency is crashing. So, yeah, I mean, so sitting in cash and stable coins is not the worst idea. In, in, in USD. Yeah, exactly. Because when you convert it back... The trick would be to, I think you can purchase DXY, but if you can somehow obtain US dollars and then convert it into your own currency, you're really it's probably one of the best investments mm-hmm. right now. I think we will see a DX, a US dollar blow off top, yeah. probably, well, probably close to the bottom of the actual markets. You know, it, it's been p- trending pretty parabolic and usually it goes blow off top. It's sitting at 114. I saw some really smart people predicting 135. Yeah. I feel like it'll probably pull back here. Yeah. You know, if it, we do have a bear market rally coming up here, it pulls back again, but then it curls up for another leg up, right? The other thing I wanted to mention too is regarding Bitcoin <clears throat> is that right now, both short-term and long-term are now underwater on average. In hindsight, this is typically the best time to be owning Bitcoin, um, but you need a net inflow to start pushing the markets higher. So everyone's wrecked right now. Is Everybody is wrecked. Yeah. Historically, like in hindsight, when you look back in seven years or six years, if you have the funds necessary to get you through this downturn, this will, when you look back, you're like, fuck, why the hell didn't I buy more in 2022? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, got to buy the fear, right? Yeah. Buy the dips. Um, another thing I want to mention is, uh, you know, people always look at the Bitcoin chart and it's like, oh, well, if you look at the halving, know, the Bitcoin yeah. chart... Bitcoin, this is the first real bear market that Bitcoin is ever going to experience or ever has experienced, sorry. Mm-hmm. So you can basically throw that chart out the window. We've never seen a real stock market downturn since Bitcoin was invented in 2009 or whatever. It's never seen these type of conditions. So yes, you can look at the halving and the halving is important because it affects you know, all that kind of stuff, the tokenomics, but don't hang your hat on that chart and be like, well, here it is. Judging, no. You know, you just, you can't because the economy is so different right now. And you're, again, you're fighting the fed. So yeah. it's, you gotta, and, and there's a lot of data floating around. I know he's been talking about a lot of stuff, but you have to keep all this stuff into consideration. Well, so this is, this is why people tune into the Beanstalk podcast is so that we do all the information digesting for you. Then you can take what you want from it. So basically what I'm thinking right now is yes, you can play bear market rallies and, I think there's a good chance we could be starting one right now, you know, October, November, December through the uh, end of a midterm year. It's typically good for the markets. Typically. We're getting out of September, which is typically the worst month of the year. Typically. So you can play bear market rallies, but just keep that long-term perspective. Don't be FOMOing into growth tech stocks or, you know, small cap cryptos, you know, we're probably going to get wrecked if you're doing that. I would say if, if you if you're doing a bear if you're playing the bear market rally, make sure to take those profits or sell those positions when they're up and move them into more stable things. You know, Bitcoin, you know, solid altcoins like Quant, recession-proof stocks, 
commodities, energy yeah. stocks. These are the kind of things that you want to take the profits from these riskier plays. If you are playing a bear market rally, roll those positions into cash, USD, yeah. ideally, <laughs> or more stable cryptos and stocks. Or you, what you could do is if you live in America and you have a bunch of USD, go travel. Go take your money and live somewhere cheaper. Yeah. Right? Because sure. you have such a powerful dollar. You convert that into the currency of the place that you're staying. Make the most of it right now. Go travel. Yeah. I mean, look, I was in Europe for, uh, you know, we were all in Europe for, you know, an extended period of time. And I've never seen more Americans over there mm. because their currency is stronger than the euro it's ever been. Yeah. So take They're some time. It. Go touch grass. Take some time away from the charts. Yeah. <laughs> Just go live it up. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good plan. But, um, you know, if you want to keep up to date with, with how the bear market's going, when the bear market rallies are starting and ending, what plays we're doing, make sure to like and subscribe because we got a whole lot more info coming for you. And you better be subscribed because we have a massive $500 giveaway that we're going to be doing on our 100th episode. Yep. Um, you're going to need to be following the Beanstalk Twitter account, which is what get at get Beanstalk. Yep. Uh, and be subscribed to this. Only those who have done both of those will be announced on the 100th episode. We'll give away $500. That's right. So, hey, make sure you guys tune into the next episode. That one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.